You're listening to ADHD Diversified, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. So, I'm finally mostly recovered from being sick, fingers crossed. And what I've been doing over the past couple of weeks is continuing to take it easy while slowly easing back into some work. Thank you all who listen regularly for being patient and continuing to support and listen as my episodes start to slowly trickle out again. Oh, and if you're new here, welcome. I'm MJ, I'm a little quirky, I'm a Canadian-born Asian with ADHD. You know, I'm just here to share some of my experiences with ADHD as a visible minority, here to break the stereotypes of the model minority and show that mental health awareness is important in all communities, especially those communities that are underrepresented in the scope of mental health. So that's me. Thanks for tuning in. Um, anyway, so over the past like month, month and a half-ish, I don't know, time is interesting. I'm going to say maybe a month. I've had a lot of resistance continuing to get an adequate amount of rest to make sure that I'm not just like springing up and going full tilt back into work mode like every moment that I feel even just a little bit better. It also makes me feel kind of guilty sometimes. I'm kind of in that slow recovery camp. Now, where the guilt comes in is that I, you know, I can't seem to produce in the same capacity that I used to before I got sick, which prompts me to ask you, are you the kind of person that, you know, the moment you start feeling even just one or 2% better than the day you did before, you decide, oh, I'm gonna catch up with all the things that I need to catch up on. And if you're nodding your head, yes, then yeah. Me too. And, you know, my past experience has told me, or has shown me, I guess, that every time I do this, and I do this often, right, is the second I feel just a little bit better, I go crazy all in on getting things done, you know, I end up crashing. And yet, even when I've crashed, there's been times where I just keep going and going anyway. And I kind of look at my past self and I'm, I wonder, like, how did past me do any of that? Because seriously, like, I have no idea how I worked through being sick at all before. Maybe, I don't know, my energy levels in my 20s were higher, or maybe I was just running on a higher level of anxiety. Maybe it was stimulus searching and dopamine searching, because when I used to be able to do that kind of stuff, like just keep working through being tired or working through being sick, I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD at the time, and there wasn't really anyone around to tell me to slow the hell down. Like, honestly, this whole slowing down thing has been kind of a pain. I'm not a fan, but I'm trying to change that mindset of, you know, just slowing down a little bit. Because I used to believe that my productivity determined my worth, but I've probably mentioned before that I'm also not a fan of being bored who really is, right? Like, if I'm bored, like, I'm gonna find something to do or I'm gonna do some work, I guess. Um, like, there used to be this intense, deep sense of guilt every time, every time there was even the slightest chance for just a bit of rest or any time there were chances to take a break or whatever, you know, I used to just fill that time with anything I could. I don't really know if this is an ADHD thing or an in-general person thing, but... If you relate to that, then 
Let me tell you a story of how that mentality became cemented for me. And like I said, I'm, I'm slowly trying to change that. I'm slowly chipping away at it. it. It's getting better. So when I was working in retail, I would pick up as many shifts as I could. I was fresh out of high school-ish, you know, if dropping out counts, I guess. And like, okay, sure, the, the dopamine and the boredom thing played a part, but I also learned very quickly at the time, more hours meant more dollars. I wasn't making a lot of money at the time and I was still living at home, but also like most retail places didn't pay well. I was getting paid like minimum wage or just barely above. And that was like well over 10 years ago. I don't know what it's like now, but you know what I mean, right? Like the lower your hourly rate, the more you probably want to work to get some more cash. So as I worked and worked and worked, you know, I slowly adopted this mindset of the more I work or the harder I work, the more shifts I'll be able to pick up, which means I'll make more money, which, you know, that mindset repeated over and over. It kind of explains the whole productivity equals worth thing. Um, and, you know, chasing dopamine, but mostly the productivity thing. You see, what began to happen was the more I worked and the harder I worked or the better I worked or whatever, I did start picking up more shifts. And I, I was the yes person who would just work and work and work. I was good at retail. I was good at merchandising. I was good at customer service. I was good at more merchandising. But man, what a disservice. Because if there were vacation opportunities or whatever, it just sort of became known in my workspaces that like, oh no, MG doesn't take time off. You always want to work. Oh, and we actually need you on these days and those days. And oh, can you take my shift? And you know, there were <laughs> years and years that I, I didn't know what a weekend was because it was just rare for me to take weekends off. Mind you, uh, there, there was one retail job where I somehow managed to have weekends off and that was really nice. But even during the weekdays, I would, you know, have my shift start at the, I don't know, I usually worked in the mornings at that particular job anyway. But I would stay later because when my shift ended, it meant that I would be driving through rush hours. So yeah, that was an intentional choice on my part because I didn't feel like taking the 30 to 45 minute drive home in rush hour, which sometimes would be an hour. So that, that had its reasons. Anyway, where was I going with this? Um, Okay, yeah, right. Like, it, it just sort of became expected in, in certain jobs, like, that I was just going to pick up shifts all the time and work all the time and not take time off and not take a break. And if you work in retail or have worked in retail, um, you don't really get the holidays off either, so there was that too. I think there was even once I was, like, threatened or told that because, you know, I had a planned vacation around the holidays and, and New Year's that I knew well in advance and I gave quite advanced notice. Uh, oh, what did the, the district manager say? He said, um, you know, normally people don't get to keep their jobs here if they take that time off, especially during the holiday season, because we need as many people as possible. You shouldn't be taking that time off, but you're lucky that the regional manager approved it or something, whatever. And that to me should have been a signal like, quit that job. I eventually did, but really trying to make me feel bad for taking a vacation that I definitely gave advance notice about and was approved by your higher up, like, not cool, man, but now I'm just ranting. Um, 
So yeah, that was that. Those were the the majority of the environments that I was in. Not all of them, though. Not all of my old workplaces were like that, and I had a couple places that treated me really well. But the ones that guilted me for taking time off, yikes. Some of that really, I think, some of that stuck with me more than anything else.、Um, it kind of solidified. You know the whole feeling guilty for taking an extra day off, maybe taking a weekend off, taking vacations, and that kind of stuff. It's been a hard pattern to break. Damn you, ADHD, for making me say yes to everything and like always wanting to keep busy. Like I, I'm pretty sure me being a yes person was just because I wanted to keep busy. And you know maybe part ADHD, part survival, part not knowing any better, part people pleaser. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, and yeah, like I just didn't see later on that, man, I was really being treated like a doormat, you know. And then that rejection,、uh, like there's rejection as in not getting accepted for a job or losing a friend or whatever. But then there's this inner rejection, this rejecting or denying of what we need. And for me, it was like to the point where I wouldn't put me first. I would very rarely put myself first. You know, I started to think like,、oh, selfish of me to admit, like, get this. Like, I thought it was selfish for me to like say that I was sick, or selfish that I needed a break, or selfish that I wanted to take a vacation or something. Like, no wonder I felt guilty for taking time off or like needing a day off, even when I knew I needed it. Top all of that off with having no idea how to advocate for myself, paired with the fear of losing my job, right? Like it's almost as if, at the time, not only was anxiety my fuel, but fear was my fuel too.、Uh, that's interesting. Okay, anxiety is fuel. Fear is also fuel. I'm gonna write that one down for later. <laughs> but okay, I knew that there was anxiety, but fear. I mean, I guess they're similar. Anxiety fed the fear. The fear led the anxiety. It's a cycle. God forbid I got sick in some of the jobs that I had, right? Like, even if I sounded horrible, because they'd be like, "Well, you have to come in anyway." But then because I showed up, it's like, "Oh, well, you must not have been that sick." And then that was even worse because showing up meant they would make me feel guilty and you know be like, "Well, you made it here, so why go home?" It's like, yeah, but I'm sick. Ugh. <laughs> like you're already here and up and going, so now you have to work your shift. Jeez, it's not, it's not helping. Just didn't didn't make any sense to me. So yeah, I felt I even felt bad for when I got sick. Which when you when you hear that, that doesn't make any sense, right? But again, like not all of my workplaces were like that. I had a couple workplaces that you know I would still like show up to work being sick, even though I was like I'm a little sick, but I'm gonna come in anyway. But yeah, I'll be there in a bit. I'm just not feeling good. I'm running late, and、oh, thank goodness for for some of them, right? The positive environment places that I worked at. You know, I'd show up and I'd be sick, and they'd be like, Oh my God, what are you doing here? Like, go home and get some rest. To which my response would be, No, I'm fine. Cough, cough. Sniffle, sniffle. Right? Like, no, it's okay. Like I'm already here. And I would say that even if I wasn't fine, especially if I wasn't fine. Okay, I'll just I'll say that. Yeah, I would fight it. I would fight, you know, being sent home. But really, though, thank goodness for those managers who like actually pushed for me to chill out when I was sick. 
The most recent job that I had left to work from home full time, you know, they were very caring about that kind of stuff. Like, oh my God, you're sick, go home. What are you doing here, go home. Oh my God, and also they didn't want to get sick, so that made sense. But even like in those positive environments where rest was encouraged for all of us, I fought against it because to me that, that wasn't normal. Being cared for wasn't normal. Yeah, it's, it was the strangest thing. They would even be like, yeah, I hope you have fun this weekend, or I hope you do something fun. And it was like, oh, I guess. Cool, thanks. That's yeah, a whole other story. Anyway, but yeah, I think, I think the strangest thing, which, mm, okay, this is like a silly thing that I had to overcome. Silly being in massive air quotes. Like if I was sick, I'd call in and at that last office that I was at, you know, they'd be like, oh, you sound like crap. You know, like unless someone had an actual emergency, they literally were like, yeah, stay home because we don't want what you have. Make some chicken soup and get better. That wasn't normal for me. I would always expect like, well, are you really sick? You don't actually sound sick, you know, when you call in sick and stuff. I had such a fear of calling in sick by that point because I still had in my mind that there'd be like this guilting session or questioning session of like, are you really sick? Yeah, that, that anxiety will get you because it sure got me. Um, and now that I work from home and I enjoy the work that I do, the people I work with are like, yeah, you're not doing this and that because you're sick. Like, yeah, you get better first, then I'll give you some work, right? And that was, you know, over the last month. This might sound crazy, but my initial reaction was like, what the hell, seriously? Like, you're not going to give me any work, right? Like, I was so sick last month. And then, you know, even after I was like, why aren't you giving me any work? Like, I need to do something. And then I would immediately go, like, like lay down or make chicken soup and, like, lie on the couch. And I'd be blowing my nose and stuff. COVID kicked my ass. No matter how much I intellectualize that the clear and logical obvious solution was to rest for the last couple of weeks or last few weeks, I still couldn't shake that feeling of some kind of impending external guilt trip or like wondering if I was just being lazy. And of course my fear was, okay, this is also gonna sound equally quote unquote silly, but like, a fear of getting too used to resting. I thought to myself, like, what if I get too used to taking breaks or resting or chilling out? And oh my God, what if I'm lazy? Which is not a helpful word. Like I'm not being lazy. I was clearly sick, so I, I had to rest, right? So obviously not true. But it was working on that reframe and rest and about self-care that self-care is in fact an integral part of my productivity. And I think for a lot of us that self-care and putting on our mask first before we put on somebody else's, like that, that matters. Not running on fumes or running on fear or anxiety. Like I had to work on that while I was sick, just sort of that mindset, right? Because really how, how can we do our best work, let alone any work if our executive function tanks are empty? if we're tired, if we're sick, if we're just not in that headspace, right? I certainly can't run on fumes anymore. Or maybe my executive function tank has shrunk. I don't know. MJ, stop rationalizing this. I'm rationalizing this. See, there I am. I'm fighting it again, right? And that, that this has been the, the work that I've been doing as I've been recovering, accepting that 
when my body is down, my brain's probably going to be down too, as much as I try to fight that. No, no matter how big our executive function tank is, we can't be running on empty or running on even on fumes, right? There might be a little bit of gas left in the tank, but is it a good idea? Probably not, because that, that's how burnout happens, right? It's interesting, isn't it? How, if you're like me, if you relate to any of this, how we can feel guilt or shame when we want to take time for ourselves, when we need to take time for ourselves, like, especially when we know, like, we, it's clear and obvious that we need to rest. For me, those, those old stories and those old narratives and those old scenarios, like, they, they play in my head pretty loud. It was easier to dismiss myself and my needs and what my body was telling me, past and present. And then, you know, when I, when I hear someone else say, I'm so tired, but I need to keep working, or I'm so tired, but I need, need to do this and I need to do that, my first instinct is to say, like, what are you doing? Go, go relax, go chill out. I can do that, but I couldn't even flip that script towards myself. Luckily for me, though, while I was sick, you know, I have friends who care about that kind of stuff, about resting, about relaxing, about being kinder to myself when they know that I'm not feeling at my best, whether it's in online communities, whether it's in, you know, my online workspaces, even my friends here in the city. Like, if one of us is too tired to hang out or even too tired to jump into like a video game or something, I'll never hold it against them if they're too tired and they'd rather stay home and chill out. And they never hold it against me either, right? It's not just about relaxing from work, but just relaxing from anything, right? If you don't feel like going out and doing something, like it's okay to stay home. I feel that for other people, right? Like, oh, if you're too tired, it's okay, stay home. Like we can do something another day or a bunch of us are gonna go out if, you, if you're too tired or you're exhausted from work. Like, yeah, go ahead, stay home, that's fine. Again, I wouldn't hold it against them, so why would I hold that against myself, right? So if there's anything I'm taking away from this, it's asking myself these questions. If I have so much care and compassion for someone else in this way that I think they deserve some rest and some care, why wouldn't I have that same care and compassion for myself? If I wouldn't devalue someone else's need for resting and recharging, why would I devalue my own need to recharge? And, you know, a big one for me is if I'm being resistant to my own self-care and my own need to recharge, then what is it that I'm avoiding by avoiding my own self-care? So I'm going to keep noodling on those for me. I have them written down because, yeah, those old stories are loud. And if you find these questions helpful, and if you want to go back and write these down for yourself, yeah, awesome, go ahead and do that. If you have variations of these questions or have other questions that have come out of this that you can ask yourself, write those down too and, and schedule some time to be reminded of those questions so that you can go back to them if you are noticing a pattern of like, oh, I'm pushing too hard again. I'm, oh, I'm trying to push back being sick and just trying to keep going even though I know I, I need rest. And if you want to share those questions with me, then my website and my email are in the show notes. And yeah, I'd love to love to see and, and hear what kinds of questions you're asking yourselves when you're faced with 
trying to get some rest time in or some self-care time in. So I'll, I'll leave it here and I'll close off with this. Our productivity does not have to determine our self-worth. And our loud old stories about our self-worth and our self-care, if they're not serving us anymore, then they don't have to continue to define us. The work is hard, the mindset shift is hard, and it doesn't happen overnight. But if we keep asking ourselves these questions, if we can turn our compassion we have for others towards ourselves, then sure, we can, we can have those old stories and we can read those old stories. They don't have to change, but we can start writing new stories too. And if you need to take some time to care for you, I hope you do that. Because resting and self-care is not selfish, because your self-care matters too. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>